0: Welcome to the show in a more legit fashion My name is Chris and they call me the Reformed Singaporean And this is the first time I guess all of you have seen my face on this page Right, you could call this a mini so-called official, not official, whatever face review So wow, um, yes, this is how I look like Okay, I'm not sure how some of you might have imagined I would look like based on the sound of my voice y'all probably imagine me to be a little bit more handsome than i really look so sorry to disappoint you uh we live in a fallen world and yes our looks are fallen as well unfortunately well uh i hope this thing works out well i hope this thing ends up on the internet properly that y'all can even be watching this if you can and if you are praise god and uh that shows that i have potential to expand my material my, my material not just On Spotify but to bring it out into other platforms as well Um, Instagram, of course, I've I've been posting already, but this is the first time I've tried to Post my material my podcast in a more video fashion in a way where maybe a different group of audiences can maybe pay attention better Because I understand there are some people that are better listeners. So Spotify might be good for them but there might also be people such as myself who would prefer to Maybe you look at someone talking and not just listening which would help to engage them better So I'm really trying to explore these different things as to how I can best reach you guys Okay, so another thing I'm considering for the future is actually YouTube. Okay, that's that's still in in the works That's still in Consideration no confirmations yet, but a YouTube YouTube channel might be a very real possibility Now okay on on to a few life updates. Where have I been? Uh, I've recently started work at a bank in Singapore. Uh, I'm not going to give away too much information, but uh, yeah, I've been working for about three weeks now. Uh, to be honest, my job hasn't really been that easy, and it, I, I've been coming home in the evenings, you know, weary and tired, and I really found close to zero motivation to continue. My podcast episodes, even though I still have many ideas I still have many topics that I want to discuss I still have many theological topics Many sociological topics uh, Maybe even some books of the Bible That I would love to get into a bit more detail But because of my work I simply have not had the energy or strength to do so But I think now, as of now Speaking and recording to you uh, I have regained a little bit of my strength At least enough to do this recording, both audio and video. So praise God indeed. So without further ado, uh, I, it's great to be back. And today's topic is such an important topic on my heart. Okay, and well, before I start, I guess to talk about my background a bit, this is not a proper studio. Okay, this is my trusted little microphone that I've been using. Uh, Since my irresistible grace episode, okay, that was when I got my new mic and I used it for the first time Uh, I think this one might sound a little bit different because I'm a little bit further away from the mic than I usually am when I record my other episodes I hold it close to my mouth But now I try to you know be a little bit more free flow freestyle kind of thing and my mic is a little bit further But hopefully it still picks my voice up. Well in the background You can see a couple of books that I have these are not all my books This is not my whole library Uh, i have a separate cupboard to store the rest of my books these are are just some of the bigger ones that i think would take up too much space in the cupboard, so i put them on my shelf (laughs) on the top of my shelf the books are mission of god by joseph boot below that uh, yeah so mission of god is the brown book that you can see below the little brown book is a black book called the institutes of the christian religion by john kelvin Okay, and below the institutes is an eschatology of victory. Yeah, the book is called An Eschatology of Victory by Cameron, sorry, J. J. Marcellus Kick. Okay, that one I have not started yet because I'm currently reading another book on eschatology by Keith Matheson, which is a great eschatology book which I'll talk about another time. Uh, Below that is The Religious Affections by Jonathan Edwards, one of my favorite post-millennial Puritans okay uh yeah I mean the rest you know strange fire by John MacArthur and other kinds of stuff but enough about my setup okay it's a very simple setup it's not the most aesthetic please uh, aesthetically pleasing setup but well first time to everything so yeah we're five minutes into the recording already let's get started now today's topic is one that is is continuing off the train of controversial topics in Christianity today And of course if you've been hanging around my podcast long enough If you've been following my channel or rather my Instagram page on, Or, or my, my podcast on Spotify You would know by now that I love to talk about controversial topics right? I, I always have this weird love of getting into trouble with the masses And by this time I'm quite used to it So yeah, let's get down to business Today's topic will be on the uh, on complementarianism okay our topic today is called complementarianism what exactly is that you might ask well it's really quite simple once you boil it down to its most basic form this issue addresses the roles of men and women okay on a very surface level complementarianism talks about the roles between men and women that doesn't sound so bad all right well it doesn't get Um, controversial yet okay it's going to be very soon now of course we live in a very confused day and age okay I'll start off by saying this we live in an extremely confused day and age especially so in this 21st century okay Uh, let let me just name a few examples okay in in America okay a few examples that might whoa that might surprise you you might have heard of Bruce Jenner, formerly known as. Sorry, you might have heard of Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce Jenner. That's right, there's this dude, okay, Bruce Jenner, who under, underwent a sex change and became Caitlyn Jenner. And this person was crowned Woman of the Year 2015. Hmm, interesting. Another example, we have. An MMA fighter Okay, uh, the a transgendered MMA fighter known as Fallon Fox Okay fought this other female fighter called Tamika Brands and this transgendered MMA fighter defeated her TKO at the two minute 17 seconds mark in the first round Crushing her eye socket and leaving her with a concussion after the fight Uh, Interviewers interviewed this Tamika Brands. Okay, the the woman who fought well in essence a man (laughs) And this woman said I've never felt so overpowered ever in my life This woman said I've never felt so overpowered ever in my life (laughs) My friends we live in an extremely confused day and age where gender becomes and a, an identity choice gender has become a matter of choosing okay of course we can talk about simple biology where there's the X and Y chromosomes that it is the way it is since birth we are born either male or female okay let's go back 20 years ago and that would have been normative to even talk about sex change would have been pretty taboo for most of the world Uh, i think sex change wasn't really popularized yet i'm pretty sure it was around but it wasn't really um you know popularized as of yet but in today 2020 okay almost heading into 2021 gender has become at least in america fluid something that is up to the individual's decision maybe one day i can feel like a male and another day i can feel like a female it's fluid just like that there's no real solidified you know, um gender in that sense <laughs> gender is not up to science it's not up to biology it's not up to god but it's fundamentally up to the individual's choice isn't that strange my friends, I will, I'm going to share a story contextualized in a Singaporean context. And after that, I'll talk about Genesis. Okay, I'll, I'll head over to Genesis for a while to talk about God's design for men and women. Because in so many ways, okay, those are just some examples that I gave earlier about how the gender roles are confused okay, in today's day and age. But more than that, there might be a bit more absurd examples but even in the church, okay, even in Christian circles, the issue of gender identity and gender roles has been grossly, you know, redefined and, and stretched to mean something else than it was originally designed to be. Okay, let me give you an example. Okay, let me give it, let me just share a little story before I dive into scripture. Uh, let's imagine a couple okay a singaporean couple called bob and rachel okay very uncommon names indeed okay bob and rachel love each other very much okay they've been seeing each other for quite some time and they are engaged a little bit of background about the two characters bob is a it technician a very geeky fellow who's not very physically you know fit or well built you know he doesn't really go to the gym he spends most of his time staring at the computer, uh, working on codes and you know doing, solving technical issues. And yeah, he's pretty much a geek. <laughs> and on the other hand, you have Rachel who has spent almost all her life in the, in the police force. Okay, at a very young age, she, she already decided that she wants to become a police woman. And she became a very competent police woman. Okay, she's physically fit. She's well trained in simple, martial arts she can uh, in self-defense as well she can hold her own in a fight she knows how to use a gun she is, she's trained to subdue and restrain criminals and yeah etc she's a very competent policewoman now on one very pleasant evening bob and rachel were strolling on, on the streets of dobie got wanting to see a movie okay uh, wonder woman 1984 recently just came out in the theaters and both of them are excited to see it now uh, on their way to the movie they were running late so they decided to take a shortcut they decided to cut through an alleyway that was unfortunately not too well lit and it and of course <laughs> behind a dumpster came a group of young punks okay, uh, who took out a bunch of machetes and Swiss knives and they threaten uh, the couple they, they, they said to them they stopped them in their tracks they pulled out the machete and knives and said to them hand over your money right now okay hand over your money if you know what's good for you of course at uh, this moment you can imagine Bob you know struggling and, and be, becoming nervous he's he's frozen he doesn't know what to do right he's thinking about how unfit he is he's thinking about how weak he is physically he's thinking about oh no how am i going to protect my wife what am i going to do what am i supposed to do in this situation a million thoughts are running through his head right now and he cannot decide what to do okay uh his wife just looks at bob hoping that you know something would happen that bob would do something but of course bob at that point in time is completely frozen stiff and i think we we can sympathize with that it's not an easy position to be in for sure but then something amazing happens or rather something pretty peculiar happens. The, the group of young punks, they decided to make a very snide remark or they made, they made a certain remark. They said to the couple, hand over your money, or we're going to take the woman. We're going to take her. Okay. And who knows what we'll do to her. And they let, let out quite the sinister laugh and at that moment it was as if something snapped in bob it was some it was as if bob started to have you know something external something outside of bob moved him and without a second thought he rushed at the criminals he rushed at the young punks and he swung his fist at them okay without a second thought he rushed forward and swung his fist at the nearest young punk of course the punch landed The young punk fell to the floor, surprised, shocked, and his friends quickly ganged up on Bob. They beat him up, they kicked him to the floor. He was bleeding, he was coughing out blood, and yeah, he was pretty helpless. He was getting beat up. And of course, before the criminals could do more harm, Rachel pulled out her weapon. She was carrying a pistol (laughs) inside her handbag. And she she commanded the young punks to freeze, get on the floor, and she arrested them now of course what would people think okay some people would think or some women today might look at this situation and quickly remark that no bob is so useless right bob couldn't even protect rachel right bob tried sure but he he got overwhelmed pretty quickly but you see rachel was strong you see rachel could defend herself all she needed to do was to pull out her gun and the, the young punks were helpless they were begging for her mercy but you see, something happened after that. You know, a- a- as Bob was in the ambulance and Rachel you know, sitting beside Bob on their way to the hospital, you know, Bob was barely conscious and, and he, all he could do was you know, with his bloodied face, you know, his black eyes, his bloodied nose, a broken tooth maybe. You know, all he could do was just look at Rachel and murmur, maybe something along the lines of, I hope you're okay. You know, I hope everything's fine now. And all that ran through Rachel's mind was this. The only thing that was on Rachel's mind was this statement that there's no other man on this planet that I would rather marry. There's no other man that I would marry, you know, than Bob. <laughs> Bob is the exact kind of man I want to spend the rest of my life with my friends that brings us to the end of the story but what, what are we supposed to get out from that my, my main point is god has a very specific design for men and women okay since creation and i'll get to that soon but the point is it is not so much what diff what defines these roles It's not so much what is physical but rather what is intrinsical okay what is uh in the design of men and women itself it is not so much in how physically capable they might be because there are very there are many women out there that are smarter than us men (laughs) you know academically there are many women out there who might be stronger than us men sometimes physically like in this case with bob and rachel but what god commands us men and women to do are very different things, very different roles that's not dependent on physicality, but rather uh, dependent on something ontological, something that's in the very fiber of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. Okay, now, finally, let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Okay, if you have your Bible, well, you can flip that with me. If not, well, you can look at me, flip to it. This is my trusty Bible. Uh, I've been using it for quite a while. I love the material and it's God's word. That's the most important part. Now, Genesis chapter two, verses 15 to 25. Okay, let me just quickly read it out for us. The Lord God took the man, Adam and Eve, right? So Adam, God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree And whatever the man called every living creature that was its name the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field but for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and while he slept he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh Uh, glean from this text very quickly that this is before the fall so everything here is good we must take note of that everything here is good in God's eyes and if you notice the first thing that God considered to be not good was the fact that man was alone isn't that interesting that to this point you know see God put the man to work That is not a bad thing. That is a good thing. Is work was created to be good. It was good that man was created to work. Okay, that's something we have to think about. Uh, Something that was not good, which I just said also, was that man was alone. And it was good that the woman was created for the man to be his helper. Now, of course the fact that um, adam was created first that already gives him a sort of authority over the woman which of course we will be exploring a little bit later on in this episode but again other signs of authority that the man is seen to have is authority over creation god charged the man to name the animals for example that's another sign of authority uh, and of course the whole idea of marriage is here Men and woman okay so god created man and woman to be of same value same personhood okay they're both human okay one is not less human than the other one is not of less significance than the other both are just as valuable in god's eyes but what we already see here in creation before the fall when things were good in god's eyes that the man was in a place of authority The man was in a place of work and the woman was in a place of servanthood in a place of yes submission the woman was made to be a helper for the man now of course that already just saying that would definitely get on the nerves of some because again in our 21st century not just in america but in singapore we are starting to lose our understanding of what it fundamentally means to be a man and what it fundamentally means to be a woman we might not be struggling with the same problem of you know gender fluidity as America does currently but at least on some level in a in the public square in the family and also in the church we have lost a very basic understanding of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman Already, you, you, we see in families, right, that, that women tend to be the more outspoken one, where the man tends to be the more passive one. We see women who, who, te- uh, who tends to lead the family. the, 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 the decision making is always delegated to the woman. In so many areas, what should we eat? What Bible should we? What Bible passage should we be doing? If they are even doing Bible study in the first place, you know, and so many other things. The men. Tends to be, you know, more quiet, more toned down, more, you know. I don't want to piss off my wife, so I'm just going to be very nice. I'm just going to be, you know, it's good to be gentle, right? So, you know, um, yeah, just let my wife have her way, I guess. No, that's not how we are supposed to understand these things. Okay, already we see the the reversal of roles, right? We know that in Genesis three, the very first role reversal was when Eve took. Of the fruit that was commanded to them not to eat and she ate it she followed the serpent's lies okay and of course we know afterwards that the woman deceived the man the woman led the man into the same temptation that she herself committed that was the first role reversal and of course the, one of the curses that came with the fall was that the man and the woman would always be at odds with one another these roles these battle of the sexes would always be strong and deeply rooted in our sinful nature of course we continue to see that today it's really no surprise that that women especially uh, are, are seeing things like you know being a, a homemaker as something to be ashamed of and you know nowadays you know we saw harry styles dressing up like a woman and he was praised for it what on earth is going on? What on earth is happening in our world today with all this confusion, utter confusion of simple, um, you know, simple matters of gender and gender roles? It's no wonder we see families that are not what they should be. It's no wonder that we see the you know, marriages falling apart. It's simply because we have strayed away from God's idea of what the family unit ought to be. Okay, I, 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 I could go on with so much other stuff, but we see men losing sight of what it means to be men and women losing sight of what it means to be a woman. Nowadays, in the modern feminine uh, feminist movement, in essence, the greatest good for a woman is to be just like a man. Am I wrong? You look at all the... the Common mantras of the feminist movement today is always about what a man does, I can do as well. Or maybe what a man may do, a woman can do better. A woman is just like a man in every way. You know, completely equal in every single fashion. And of course, if you read the Bible, that's not the case. If you look at modern science, that's not the case. There are things physically. And even, you know, characteristically, there's fundamental things that are different between men and women. You don't need to be super intelligent to see these things. We know that women have certain feminine traits that are totally different from men. Men have certain masculine traits that are totally different from women. There are some things that are distinctly guy things. For example, why are we okay with taking three minute showers why are we okay to uh how do i say uh lays around which of course we should not be doing but why are we i guess more blur in general when it comes to certain issues whereas women are more meticulous women tend to be more you know uh they pay attention to details you know these are just some examples a bit generalized but i think uh, this generalization might have some truth to it as well but what i mean is you know women tend to be more affectionate more expressional you know in general while men tend to be more you know stern more assertive more commandeering you know authoritative it's in our nature you know men we love to to fight uh, and sometimes in a bad way but no, we love to fight it's in our nature whereas women they, they they tend to want to look towards someone who can protect them right am i wrong ladies <laughs> that you would like to be with someone who you know can protect you and you know keep you safe whether it be financial wise whether it be physical wise you know there are some things in men and women that are intrinsically different but anyway i i digress a little let, let me move on to church okay let me let me move on to church okay of course we, if we look at the new testament okay there are passages in the epistles that that talk about you know wives that that are, are supposed to submit to their husbands supposed to learn uh, quietly from their husbands and be homemakers and, and and actually the bible glorifies this role in fact i would argue that scripture uh, does praise women who raise the home they praise women godly women who dedicate their life into raising the next generation? There's even a verse that says that she will be saved through childbearing. Of course, that's not to say that salvation lies in childbearing, but rather, childbearing is one of the ways in which God allows the woman to show to give God glory, right? Uh, in order to reverse her mistake from the fall, God gives her a chance to do something that men might really suck at doing and that is to raise children <laughs> think about it think about it yeah and, and i think that we have really lost you know we have really lost the value of housewives We especially the, the modern feminist movement again i i don't mean to keep bringing them up but you know it's slowly teaching our our girls and our women you know about a very false caricature of what it really means to be a woman in essence you know to them being a housewife is like being a slave to them being a housewife is like a soldier coming home from concentration camp you no know, what, but what god says in his word is something entirely different and i think women in general have lost sight of that and i think we as men need to bring the beauty of that back and encourage that in our churches right I, I i think we we really need to bring back the beauty of these things but of course uh, the more and more we stray from god's word the more confused we will be about all these issues now very quickly let us turn to first timothy chapter two let me bring things to the church for a moment because again men and women have very distinctive roles in the home you can go and read all the marriage passages the husband is supposed to be the head of the household leading his wife sacrificing for his wife like how christ loved his church like how christ gave himself up for his church can okay, husband supposed to emulate that well whilst the wife is supposed to submit to her husband's authority now of course let me expound a little bit more on that how that looks like in a church context first timothy chapter two is a very unpopular passage because let me just read it out for us okay <laughs> first timothy chapter two starting from verse 11 let a woman learn quietly with all submissive, submissiveness i do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man rather she is to remain quiet now if I were to just stop at those two verses of course a lot of explanation would be demanded and rightly so they, they sound pretty scary you know, don't they and of course on its own it's pretty hard to derive a meaning rather than you know a very um, well it is a very sexist in a bad way kind of meaning but of course we have context we have the verses before and we have the verses after you know that that help to provide us with what this verse actually means okay of course um in this context, Paul is instructing Timothy you know, to instruct his church to pray for people of all kinds, all statuses, because before God, we are all the same, amen? Before God, it doesn't matter what status in life we are, whether we are a king, whether we are a slave, we are supposed to pray for all kinds of people because we are all equally deserve, uh, deserving of hell and we are all equally in need of a savior. Now, of course, with, with that, um, Paul says that you know, that there, there is only uh, he instructs men. Okay, he instructs men to lift holy hands without anger or quarrelling because well you can say that is what we men tend to do. We tend to be angry and we tend to quarrel with one another because that's something men tend to struggle with. Next, he go he goes on to talk about what women tend to struggle with as well. Okay, and that is to submit to men, the authority of men okay now does this mean women should keep quiet at all times and not talk at all in church of course not of course not but what it simply means is that women are supposed to obey the authority of their church leaders who are the church leaders qualified men I'll expound on that a little in a little bit but let's look at the verses that follow okay um. And yeah, that was what I just said just now, that she will be saved through childbearing. And Paul here, no, this is not just a cultural problem. This is a problem since the fall. And Paul goes back to the creation account. for Why does the man have authority over the women in church? Because Adam was formed first. Paul's argument is very clear. This is what God has designed men and women to be since creation. Now, who can be an authority in the church some might argue because I, I know people okay i know people i've talked to pastors about this i've talked to pastors in singapore about this passage about why do you think you know you know these pastors believe that women can be pastors and that's a very common view today very widely held among evangelical singaporeans right That men and women can have equal service in the church Women can be elders pastors the same way as men can be as well But is that what this passage actually talks about? I've talked to some pastors about their justification and they will say things like well This was this passage in first Timothy 2 was just purely cultural You know back in those days in the olden times women were more rowdy women were more, you know Um rebellious against their husbands or against men in the church they you know so paul specifically wrote this specific comment to address this specific issue what's the problem with that interpretation well you don't have to be a genius you just have to quote verse 13 and 14 the woman was the one who transgressed the man was formed first I think I rest my case now okay let's move on to other passages you can look at Titus Titus chapter 1 and chapter 2 okay you can look at first Timothy chapter 3 in all these passages you can read it for yourself the elders the qualification for overseers the qualifications for elders and pastors are always described to be men for example You want to be an overseer? You want to be an elder? You must be the husband of one wife. Tell me, can a woman be a husband of one wife? Well, I I certainly hope you get your simple biological understandings of male and female, right? Because any sane person, any, you know, mildly educated person would agree with the fact that men are men and women are women. Apparently that is offensive to say in today's day and age, what a time we live in indeed. (laughs) But the clear testimony, the clear pattern of biblical leaders, qualifications of church authorities are always in the context of men. Think about it. Throughout the Bible, God has always chosen men to be his messengers, to be his leaders, to be his prophets. Of course there are times in the bible such as you know you have you have the character of deborah in the old testament deborah was raised up as a judge okay and i would say that that is more of the exception than the rule okay a a, a hermeneutical principle of the bible which is to say a, a principle which we use to interpret the bible as a whole is that we we take the clear which is what is clear throughout the bible what seems to be the clear pattern the common pattern that's laid for this topic throughout the bible we take the common the clear and we use that to interpret the unclear we use the common patterns to interpret the uncommon patterns okay and i'll say that deborah the example of deborah was an exception okay and god specifically raised up deborah to be a sign of judgment upon incompetent, uh, uh, incompetent israel Okay, Deborah was to judge the useless men of Israel. So unless you want to tell me that your women in church are a sign of impending doom and judgment upon the men in the church because the men in the church are so useless, and a lot of them unfortunately have become very useless. Well, I, 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 I'm afraid we have to follow the clear testimony of scripture. The prophets, Moses, Aaron, the kings, all men. The 12 apostles, all men. Church leaders, or rather, Bible authors, all men. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence. I really don't think it is coincidence at all. Now, to answer some questions Does this mean that women have nothing to do in church? Of course not. If you read, read Titus chapter 2, you can see very clear that, that women are given very clear instructions, that women are given places in ministry in the church, such as mentoring younger women, teaching kids. Again, you know, women have this great privilege and also this great skill that I can't explain. Women have just this great natural talent for raising and teaching kids that, that men simply don't. We don't share that same skill that level of skill that as women do to raise kids and i really believe that this is something that god has specifically given to women so women exercise your gift exercise your gift of teaching not in a manner that most christians would say today but in what the bible says for example in Titus chapter 2 to men to minister to other women to mentor younger women to teach the next generation of children of you know to, uh, basically, yeah, to teach the next generation Well, so much more could be said I'm already at my 40-minute mark But my friends I hope that we can see at least in this Episode I tried to keep things simple straight to the point To show you at the very least how far we have that, you know We have gone from this understanding of men and women in the Bible my friends In the name of equality, people, Christians even today see men and women doing the exact same things in the exact same ways as something to be celebrated. But my friends, of course, we know that that's not the case. That won't ever be the case. As much as we can try, as much as we can try to go against God's natural design for us, things are not going to go the way we want. Of course, from a biblical standpoint and how it translates to our world today, think back to the examples I gave at the start of today's episode. Imagine being a transgendered woman. No, imagine changing your sex to become a fake woman who beats up other women, and that kind of act gets celebrated. Whereas a person like me who would say things like women should not be pastors or that women should submit to their husbands in the home or that women a woman's highest calling i would argue is to be a homemaker in raising the next generation a person like me who says these things w- w- would be called an abomination would be called cursed imagine again so l- l- let me say that again because of how crazy it is of how absurd it is that a man who changes his gender to become a fake woman to beat the crap out of other women. And that gets, that gets called brave. That gets called celebratory. That gets called stunning. And a person like me, a simple Christian like me, wanting to be faithful to the word of God, saying that women should not be pastors, that women should fulfill their God-given role as homemakers, as servants to other women and children in the church, to be servants, helpers of their husbands in the home, I would get called an abomination, a monster, someone who is unloving, someone who is not understanding, someone who is divisive, someone who is a sexist, or all, all other kinds of names. What a world we live in. My friends, I'm only really scratching the surface of this issue. And if you want to find out more, I really encourage us to yeah, to, look at, uh, to, 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 look, to look at different preachers on YouTube. They have said a lot of stuff about this topic. Maybe some will go more in depth into those passages. Um, James White, he has an episode on his podcast, the, D- the Dividing Line, where he does a very thorough exegesis of First Timothy chapter 2 and other passages um, like it. Uh, I hope this does not mean that you do not, you know, go away, go away from this thinking that I think women are less worth than men or of less value than men. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm advocating for. Please don't misunderstand me. I want to reiterate the fact that I believe that God created men and women to be of equal value, equal personhood, but distinct and different roles. They have very distinct features. Distinct demeanors and distinct roles that God has created them to carry out in the family and in the church As simple as that that's as simple of a summary as I can give you But my friends, I hope that this is not just some Head knowledge thing, but you would see for yourself how beautiful it is how it it really is a beautiful design That God made men and women so different but yet so complementary which is why this position that I'm advocating for the biblical position of gender and gender roles is called complementarianism because while we are made different men and women, God has made us to complement one another to, to what man does well and women does not, you know, men can help our our sisters in Christ. What women can do well and and that men cannot, our sisters can help us where we fall short. And I think that's such a beautiful design, both in the family, between husbands and wives and their children, and also in the church with proper headship, proper leadership, and proper church governance. So my friends, that brings me to the end of today's episode. Uh, if you have more questions, please feel free to hit me up on my Instagram at the reformed Singaporean, that is the.reformed.singaporean okay, on Instagram. Uh, yeah thank you for tuning in and i hope you enjoyed this new format where yeah it's not just me speaking on spotify on an audio version but well it looks like we are engaging with one another a little bit more so yeah i hope maybe you guys enjoyed let me know if you enjoyed this format and you know if i should keep doing it and maybe you can let me know if i should perhaps even start a youtube account yeah thank you so much and it's really great to be back to talk about these things and i hope Yeah, you have been edified and blessed by my content. Thank you. Stay tuned to the following episodes. Uh, I will not give away what the topics are, but I'll definitely be back very soon. Take care and God bless.